You are listening to season three of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are delighted to have you join us. We took a few weeks off, but we're happy to be back. Uh, Sua, unfortunately, is doing this. This is how dedicated she is to this podcast. She is COVID positive, and she <laughs> is still, still joining. And uh, and she's we're recording an episode. So, Sua, how are you feeling? You doing okay? I have okay? never had COVID before. Well, okay, that technically what? I probably have had time? COVID before. This is the first time I've tested positive. But to be fair, I haven't Yo. always tested every time I was sick because I, I think after the initial craziness of COVID went away, and you didn't yeah. really, you weren't really forced to like mandatory quarantine or anything. It, it kind of lost its reasoning of like yeah. why should I even test? Like, what's the point? Because um, I'm not going to do right, anything right. differently. Um, but I tested because. Um, remember when they were giving you all these free COVID kits? Like, and then I yeah. have like, I've accumulated like 10 free COVID tests. And so recently I got it from my kids. So my kids gave me their illness. Um, and I was just curious because I was like, I wonder, I wonder if this is COVID. And so I just got one and I just tested it and it was like bright blue. Like they both, like one was like the bright red line. And then I was like, oh, it's probably not going to turn blue. And then I looked and it was bright blue. So I was like, oh wow. my gosh, I have wow. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So my entire family, uh, except for John, has had it. So wait, so John is okay? He's not positive either? John, is, well, I don't know. He might be positive, but he's not showing any symptoms. But my kids okay. have been sick. And so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you know, you're so a, when you're a mom, though, like you don't, you've kind of live in the suspended reality alternate universe where you can't. Right. You don't really like the way your physical body is has zero um, influence on how you have to live your life. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things like apparently Taylor Swift recently said to Travis Kelsey at the Super Bowl, like he was like, oh, aren't you jet lagged from like flying from Tokyo? And she apparently looked at him and was like, jet lag is a choice. And I feel wow. like um, in a way, as long as it's not a catastrophic illness, I feel like these kind of minor holds to be sick is kind of a choice. Like you just have to divert your attention away from being yeah, sick yeah. and like do things. That's my, that's okay. my take on it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm a little disappointed because you said your voice is like, kind of like, I don't know, you told me yesterday your voice might be a little like raspy. It sounded sound weird like... yesterday. And it then this morning fine. I woke up and it totally sounds fine. Really? Yeah. It sounds I, totally fine. I was fine. hoping it would sound like, you know, raspy or something like that, but it, it totally did. Sounds fine. It sounded really weird yesterday. I will say, though, I was on the phone yesterday with my small group leader, and towards the beginning of the phone call, it was like a 10 minute phone call. It sounded fine. And then towards like the yeah. end of it, I started sounding weird. So who knows what will happen if my voice starts changing in the middle of this episode? Just want everybody to know it's still me, just um, a slightly less well version of me. Less well. Less well. Yeah. She's not yeah. demon possessed. Okay. No, so it's okay. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> so so how was vacation for you? What did you do? Where'd you guys I don't even know where you went. Where did you go? Well, why don't you, you I think we should do this chronologically. So since you went oh, on your right. trip you first, you should talk yes. about your amazing epic trip. Well, so Jenny and I, we took a trip out to South Korea. So we've been to South Korea six months ago. Right? I went out there for my sabbatical, Dude, but we seriously? only stayed out there for about yeah, we only stayed out it's there. It's not for like Florida. Days, I can't believe you're days. just taking a trip to Korea like it's nothing. Like, oh sure, I I'll know, just go again. I know. So, so um, we went and it was great. We had a good time. But it was only like four or five days when we went in September, and it was actually really hot. But uh, this time around, uh, my good friend Eugene and his wife Minhee, they were just, you know, uh, he just invited me to come out. Like when they're going out, it goes, let's celebrate your fiftieth, and he's, uh, you know, he was really generous and because he's got so many marriott points and like hooked us up with hotel and then i had like all these travel credits and so jenny and i were able to fly to korea for free and i was like so thankful you and so yeah we completely about, for free yeah we flew there so, and I mean, they, great they covered they covered your hotel so yeah, it was yeah. like a free trip for you oh yeah it was a free trip oh it was a free gosh. trip to korea it was great i'm so jealous yeah we just we, and we just had a blast i mean we ate I mean, listen, I didn't know this, but Minhee is an absolute foodie like me. So, you know, because I hang out with Eugene, we travel and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I mean, he eats, but he does. He's not a foodie, but Minhee is a foodie. And it's she lives in Korea. such a game Korea changer when there's another foodie on the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, so absolutely. we ate so much food. Sua, I gained seven pounds. 
Like literally, you it, literally gained seven literally, pounds. Literally in nine days, I gained seven pounds. I weighed Holy myself. Holy moly! Luckily, I was able to lose it all, thankfully, because I think it was just you know you can't you can't sustain eating. I cannot eat like that ever again. It was just okay, can we I just um, ate so much food? Can I say like not to be like such a wah wah moment about this, but um, I weighed myself this morning because I woke up and I was looking at myself and mm -hmm. I was like, I don't I don't look right. Like I, something is wrong with me. And you I COVID. That's I lost why. four pounds in five days. And you know what's so sad? You know, I feel like the average Korean person should be like extremely excited about this. But I'm pretty sure this is all muscle that I tried to like gain for over the past 10 months that I'm losing. Like I'm not even losing like fat. I bet you I'm losing all the muscle that I gained for the past 10 oh, months. Oh no, you're losing the gains. You're yeah, losing I'm losing gains. all of my gains. It's probably because my protein has been crap. So yes, you've gained seven pounds. I have gained. I, I have lost four pounds of pure muscle, pretty much. But anyways, wow. continue. Well, I, I'd rather. I'd rather. I'd rather um, have. The, I'd rather lose four pounds and gain seven pounds. I'll be honest with you. So anyway, yeah. So we just had an amazing time. We went to Busan, and it was so nice. good. Busan was amazing. Did you have seafood? And yes, we did. We had seafood. I bought a whole bunch of ojunga, which is like oh, the man. like the squid, squid. thingy, and. And I got chipotle, which is my favorite. So we bought that back with us. And that's good. But like yeah, it fish. was just a really great trip. And, you know, when you go on a trip like that, like this is the first time Jenny and Minhee ever hung out. So you don't know if they're going to actually get along, you know, and like and True. that's the part. So but uh, man, I felt like they got along better than me and Eugene did. So it was so good. And I think we're, we said, OK, we can do more of these and we can like really start living an empty nester lifestyle and we can do it together. We'll have fun. We can travel, go on vacation together. It'll be a lot of fun. And so we just had a blast. Really, it was such a such awesome. a vacation. Yeah. So it was so, so good. And um really grateful for it. And now I'm back. Yeah. And I know you just came back from uh, was it Arizona? You went you went to Sedona, right? Yeah. No, so um we have friends who live in Flagstaff. Um, who oh, are friends from what? John's residence. People live in Flagstaff? Really? Oh, uh, John interviewed in Flagstaff. We almost moved to Flagstaff. Thank God you didn't go um, to Flagstaff. That's the middle of nowhere. Well, okay, first of all, like my friends live there, so I feel like I can't say that, and they're very happy there. It is in the middle. Um, I mean, it's a nice area, you know, because it's, it is, yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. Very, Did you go to the caves? Um, no, so, okay, so my, so my friends, these are John's friends from residency, and so we have like a trauma bond together because we suffer together you know he she had kids when i was having kids like literally we yeah. had kids within a month of each other both times okay. except she ended up with twins the second time so it was a little bit more miserable for her um but you know like there's like a bit of a trauma bonding experience when um your husbands have worked the residency schedule in that toxic place and um you have tried to survive with like the kids at that age right right right, right. but we haven't seen them since john graduated which is like six years ago um because like COVID happened and then things just kept kind of not mm. aligning for us so finally we were like the girls have like a three-day weekend let's just go and do like this short trip so we ended up staying with them um so they're in flagstaff so we went to flagstaff we were in sedona and then we were in phoenix to get a little bit of sun it was like 78 degrees in phoenix yeah. um which was so nice yeah but it was so crazy because um yeah so they it's weird that they literally live an hour away from the grand canyon like how strange yeah. yep. is that like we yep. were driving yep. into flagstaff and literally it's just mountains and pine trees like there's nothing it's so there. beautiful isn't it? It's gorgeous, it's just, but it's the, also the such a just so majestic, surreal experience of like, really, like people live here, um, yeah. you know, because I'm yeah. surrounded by this landlocked flat terrain. So ugly. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Ohio. There's a lot of great things about Ohio, but the beauty of the scenery is not one of them. Um, and not. so, Especially yeah, in the wintertime. Even in the summertime, like to be honest, like it's not it's not anything that I would write home about. Um, but yeah, so it was, and I've never been like a mountain person, but I think living in Ohio, I just I'm so deprived of any yeah. kind of landscape. Yeah. So I was so like I just kept looking around me, like look at the mountains, look at the mountains. Of course, my kids have zero interest in the mountains or anything. Like they are just not interested. I don't think they're at yeah, the age yeah, where yeah, they can yeah. appreciate this these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but, um, I will say a little shout out to, um, well, it's kind of a convoluted shout out, a shout out to my brother who was one of the few people who texted me during our hiatus and was like, yo, where's week pastor episode, like number whatever, like, where is it? And I was like, I, I specifically said, we're going on a two week hiatus. And he was like, I right, thought it's right. been two weeks already, which clearly shows what a fan he is that even two weeks felt like more than two weeks. Shout out to my brother. But anyway, the shout out is that we went to Grand Canyon. And as we were driving there, John was like, 
oh my gosh, like I feel so, and I think this is a very common response to seeing something like the Grand Canyon. Like his mm. response was very like, I feel literally so insignificant, like looking at this because these things have been here for like millions of years. It's so yep. large. And like, who even am I? Right. Like he's like, who, yeah. who am I? And I know my friend and neighbor Monique had texted me when she noticed I was in Great Canyon. She was like, when I went up there, I felt like nothing. Like I felt like so insignificant, except I had a bit of a different reaction. Um, it reminded me of, and this is where the shadow for my brother comes out. Um, he had told me of this quote years ago, which is such like a, it's like a bit of like a cliche kind of quote that college kids have hanging on their dorms. Like, do you know Rumi? the Persian mystic poet. Do not know Rumi. Okay, so a lot of college kids love Rumi. She has like, okay. like I mean, he has these like very like, um, well, anyway, okay. So Rumi wrote this thing about um, the quote goes, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. That's the quote. And mm. obviously you can see why college kids would like totally jive with this. It sounds like very edgy and like philosophical, but I genuinely felt like to me, I didn't feel insignificant, like seeing the Grand Canyon. Mm. I actually felt like God created this and that infinite ability of God is like in me. So like, yeah. I'm not a drop in the ocean. I am the entire ocean in a drop and that infinite capacity exists in me. And I was very blown away. So I had a bit of a different take wow. on it. Yeah. I really felt I like, like wow, like the God who freaking created this is literally inside of me, which was so mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty yeah, awesome. I had a revelation. I had a revelation. I was like, what am I going to use this power for? You guys didn't go to Antelope Canyon? No, no. The, literally, like, it was too cold. It's okay. There was so much snow. Even in Grand Canyon, it was uh, like oh, so... Oh, Grand Canyon is loaded with snow. But it was Sedona so was okay, cold. You know? Sedona, Sedona was, okay, was right? great. But also, like, you know when you travel with kids? I'm like, I don't really want to do Antelope Canyon with my kids. Like if the kind of yeah. hiking that I want to do, if I'm going to do it is like, I'm going to do it with John and I'm not going to do it with kids complaining. You know what I'm saying? So, did you do any hiking in Sedona? Cause there's some amazing places to hike there. No, we, yep. I mean, we just kind of like we, so we did quote unquote, it's hiking light. Like we were walking on like where they had like the walkways, but again, oh, like okay. the, the point of the trip was um, not to like go hiking. The point of the trip really was to just see John's friends and just get yeah. a little bit of like sunshine in. Um, and so if we were to do a hiking trip, we would just do it, um, John and me. Yeah. Yes, I highly recommend that. That would be really, yeah. really great. But okay, okay. So it was a good trip overall. And is that all? Didn't you go someplace else in addition to Sedona? No. Um, no? Okay. Just Sedona. No, I mean, okay. yeah, we were just like in that? Arizona. We were floating around that general vicinity. It was crazy that Phoenix was 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. Which makes me yeah. makes me think about oh oh hold on can I sit can I tell you what happened though while I was in while we were in Arizona uh oh what so like we came back and my in laws had been responsible for taking care of the animals that live the variety of animals oh no I, I saw the our, video yeah, one of your chickens yeah. died right no not one not one so oh. um so in our house to round up for those of you who are new we currently have one dog um, two axolotls. Um, we had nine chickens, um, but now we've lost three of the chickens. Um, <laughs> it's actually not funny. It's actually pretty graphic. So we had lost one chicken before we left for Phoenix. And it was kind of like a yeah. mystery how this chicken had died because Lila found the chicken's carcass like on the ground and there was like no blood, like just nothing. So we weren't sure what happened to the chicken. And we were, for a little bit, we were like, oh God, is it like a viral thing? Like are all our chickens going to get sick? Mm. We didn't know. And then we came back from Phoenix and my in-laws were like, yeah, so two chickens got eaten by hawks. Uh, we're pretty sure it's either a hawk or an owl because one of the chickens like was missing its head. Um, oh my God. And the other chicken, who, who is Lila's favorite chicken, Lemon Cake, she had her entire chest cavity like eaten out. Um, it's like nature, like nature. Yeah, you know, it's nature. I mean, it's food. Says. It's in the lower part of the um, food chain, so it's gonna naturally be hunted. Yeah, but um, you know, but wow. the most traumatizing part was that Lila, of course, as you would expect, is like sobbing because first she's like really shocked, and then she starts crying because she's like really mm. sad. Then my my younger daughter 
she's like not even crying. Like she's not even sad. And then she says to me, well, you know, mommy, hawks have to eat too. It's the circle of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a circle. I was going to say the same no, thing. It's a circle well, of life. That is, that is a very sociopathic answer from like a nine-year-old. Well, yeah, it really is. She's 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 something special, I man. A little she's bit special. I was a little bit taken aback. I did not, you know, I didn't know how to react to that. I was like, that's not what I expected my child to say. Yeah, you know, it's too yeah. logical of an answer. But anyway, it's not a typical nine-year-old answer, honestly. No. Yeah, it's not. So anyway, the wow. good news is John has now added on top because we've lost three chickens. He went and bought like nine more chicks. Wait, but how can you protect it from not getting eaten by a hawk? Well, like, so, okay, gonna... so now we have, so now we have, oh, also the rooster, the rooster is completely, I think, emasculated because the rooster is moping around sulking. Like, I think because like it, it failed to like protect its ladies. Uh, I'm serious. It it's walking around. It's just hid. It's hit. just, yeah, it's like its tail won't even come up. Like he's like not his like usual like cocky self. Like he's just walking Aww, around. Sad. He won't even come out of the coop. Like I think he's like wow. either traumatized slash grieving slash emasculated because mm. he's acting really mopey and sulky. Um, either that or he doesn't have enough hence to you know sexually harass and so he's frustrated. I don't know because now like three of them are. He's dead. only got he's only got six left, right? Yeah. He's got five left. So, but John bought but... nine more baby chicks. So now we Nine. have baby chicks in the barn that we are raising back up. Wow. So remarkable. Anyways. Remarkable. What what is that first uh set of animals you say you have? I never I never even heard of it. What is axolotls? it? Axolotls. What the heck is an axolotl? Okay, you should probably that tells me that you don't have kids of a certain age. Axolotls became extremely trendy because there's axolotls in this game called Minecraft. Okay. Do you know Minecraft, the game Minecraft? Yeah, I do. Okay, so axolotls. Well, are I do because my son used to play it. Okay, so like, ew, you have this. <laughs> it looks like it's got like. Tell Audrey it's got, that like, you six ew. Ears. So they're they're it's... actually endangered, and they're they all I think they like only live in a particular area in Mexico City. Um, they're actually supposed to be salamanders, but because of the pH or something in the water in that very specific area, they don't actually complete their transform metamorphosis transformation whatever into salamander so they become stuck frozen in this one stage of the metamorphosis forever gosh it's disgusting how many do you have we have two is it big or it's small it's like a so salamander. right now it's, small, it's right? tiny but they get bigger they get like the size of like your forearm apparently wait so where do you you have it like in a in a tank i'm we assuming have a, it doesn't a tank just... and um yeah sorry this is turning out to be the podcast about my animals but that was Audrey. So Audrey has wanted an axolotl for like three years. She even did like a research paper on axolotls. Like the only art projects she draws are pictures of axolotls. She has like seven stuffed animals of axolotls. So finally, John said, if you really want one, you can spend all of your New Year's and birthday money to buy the axolotls and the tank and all this stuff. You have to be responsible for feeding the axolotls, for checking the pH, like pH levels of the tank. And she said, okay. And so they, she, he let her buy it. I just want everybody to know that I literally have zero agency over the, the animals that live in my house. Like I have never. It looks like it's from another planet. That, that, it's from Mexico I mean, really, City. Just, Mexico City. Just, oh my God. It's got like six years. It's gross. It's, um, Ooh, what, they're gills. What do you feed it? Bugs? You feed it bugs? So right now you can feed it. So you can feed it axolotl kibble. But you also have to feed it like pieces of worms, like live worms. And so um, yesterday I kept hearing Audrey screaming downstairs because she's trying to slice the worms and feed it. But she's getting really grossed out while doing it. And like, I just keep randomly hearing, daddy. And John's like, no, I'm not helping you. This is your responsibility. <laughs> so she's sitting my there goodness. slicing, slicing oh, like worms goodness. into little pieces and feed hand feeding them to like the baby axolotls. You guys are so unique. You are so atypical Korean Americans, in my humble opinion. So it's not me. It's John. Yeah, I don't want any. So I don't want to have anything to do with Americans. any of this. I mean, axolotls. You got what? Now you got like fourteen chickens, fifteen <sighs> chickens now. Yeah. My goodness, you guys are crazy. Okay. Well, cool, cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And we do have actually a topic that we want to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but. Uh, recently, I spoke at a church uh, somewhere around the country. I'm not going to really share where I spoke at. And I actually got an email from one of the members of the church. They gave me some feedback on my sermon. 
And I just thought it was really I thought it would be good to do an episode about how how do pastors how should we receive feedback on your sermon? Um and what are some of the you know like what are the natural tendencies that we normally have? But I kind of wanted to unpack this. So I actually sent the email to Sua and I was like, Sua, let's do an episode on this. Let's just, you know, you can ask me some questions, how I felt or whatever, but but let's kind of do an episode on this. I think it would be good. And I think my first thing, Sua, when I got that email, you know, the natural reaction is that you want to be defensive. Like you're just naturally defensive because it's personal. You spoke and you preached and stuff like that. However, after thinking about it some more, and this is why I think feedback is really important. I and mean, I even think bad feedback is good for a pastor in some ways, but any kind of feedback is good. I, I appreciate what he had to share and I understood what he had to say. I understood his point of view and what he was sharing. Um, he definitely seemed like he was sharing stuff from a place of pain. Um, I don't know if you caught that, Sua, but definitely like from his own personal experience on certain things. Um, and and it happened, you know, and I think felt like he kind of missed some of the things I was trying to talk about. But nonetheless, I think he brought my attention to a couple of things that I thought, oh, OK, so if I ever go somewhere and I speak on the sermon, I think I can definitely do a better job of like clarifying certain things that he said that I should have clarified. So anyway, yeah, so I, I that's kind of like what I want to talk about a little bit. So I think it's important for pastors for us to receive some feedback on our sermon. But the reality is, Sua, every pastor hates, hates receiving yeah. Yeah. negative feedback we yeah. love positive feedback but we hate the negative feedback we can't stand the negative feedback it really like hurts us and and we start to like you know especially you know pastors who might struggle with insecurity which there are a lot of pastors who struggle with insecurity um it really does a number on sort of like our shame uh meter it does a number on our identity and all that kind of stuff but uh but yeah but i just thought it'd be really good and if you're a pastor listening i think it would be good for you to just to kind of be open maybe to some of the things that are shared in this, um, because I think any kind of feedback, no matter what, you know, I think it'll sharpen us and it'll help us no matter what. And God will grow our character in the process of it. And I think our character really comes out when we get negative feedback on a sermon. Like we really, it, I think it's a great test of your character. Like what, what are you thinking? Are you, are you, are you like demonizing this person? Are you angry? Like there's different things like that. So anyway, so yeah, so Sua, so that's why I sent you that email. I thought we can just kind of talk about it. So I wanted to get some of your thoughts as you read it. I think we can also go beyond and also do maybe a little part on like, as, because a lot of us who listen are also not pastors. So yes. when do we feel like it's as people who are congregation members like when do we feel like it's appropriate to give feedback whether positive or negative like because I've often thought about that um but yeah. I don't know like do we need to frame I'm trying to think like how we can go about this conversation because our listeners have not actually read this email um and they also have no idea what the context is just from reading the email I can tell which sermon or what part of the sermon because I know you've shared that part of yeah. that story before um you know, I'm going to be very honest. Like, I don't know if this is going to be helpful at all because, again, like the listeners have not read this email. I didn't like love the way the email was like written. <laughs> um, so I can totally imagine why you or any pastor in that situation would feel like the immediate reaction would be defensiveness. Because when I initially read the email, it was very cringe for me. Um, it was the why? way, it was hmm. the tone of the email. And the thing is, I was okay. trying to explain this to John. Like, it's not even like the person who wrote this email was actually a jerk about it. Like he was actually, I feel like pretty, like, like pretty um, respectful and like pretty like kind of disclaiming it. Like he definitely wasn't like, this is where you suck. Like he was very like, I know we don't yeah. have any like relationships. So like, I don't really know if I should write this, but I heard that you actually do really well with constructive criticism. And so I feel like maybe you would benefit. But see, I didn't like that wording because mm. I kind of feel like, it puts like, and now I'm just analyzing it, but there was something in the tone where it was very like, let me teach you how you can make this mm. better. And I didn't like that particular tone because I feel like there was a way to convey that same message without bringing the power dynamic into it. Like I feel mm. like, and this is something that I feel, maybe I'm like switching gears a little bit, but anytime I give somebody feedback, I try to make sure that it's not from this place of like, I think I know how you can make this better. Like mm -hmm. it's usually from a mm -hmm. place of, this is how I felt. 
And I think you can do what you want with it. But I think anytime I come from the place of like, I heard it and this is where I think you're wrong and this is where I think you can make it better. And here's some constructive mm -hmm. criticism. I don't even like to use the phrase constructive criticism because that feels like I'm a boss giving criticism to yeah, like yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. employee or somebody who's yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I feel, so in a way, I just kind of felt like I actually really, from what I know of you and how you have a heart now I feel like it's we kind of need to frame what the actual critique so, was. So let's share it. Let's yeah. share it. I'll you, share it with, I'll share it with yeah. the audience. Because yeah. I think yeah, it'll I'll be share more helpful. Yeah. Thurman was really about like, you know, I connected because emotionally healthy spirituality is such an important part of my life. I talked about how like we have to be more emotionally healthy, talked about certain things. And of course, one of the things when I preach is I actually share a lot about, about my life. I share about, you know, the different things that I've gone through in my life. And the last story, this is where I think he had the, the biggest the issue with in the last story, um, I talked about my daughter, Christina, when she was growing up, she was probably like eight years old or so that she, I couldn't really, I really struggled helping her with her homework. And part of it was that, you know, she just couldn't get the like simple arithmetic and math. And I got like just my own sense of self. I just got really angry and upset and, and I just made her life really miserable for a season of her life. And I didn't know how to like help her and change. And I didn't know how to change myself because my my help was not really help. You know, she would cry a lot, a lot of times in during her homework, like she I would see tears come out and you know, like it literally would drop onto her homework paper and stuff. And I knew I was like traumatizing this. I knew I was traumatizing Christina and I didn't know how to change. I mean, I prayed, I fasted, I did all that stuff. You know, I took naps. I thought maybe it's because I'm fatigued and stuff <laughs> like that. And um, and I confessed it to my soulmate, Alex. And, you know, Alex, um, really like he said you know peter like i just i just want you to know like i've noticed that when i come to your house because i he comes he came regularly at that season of my life he's like i notice you show more affection to Chris, to kayla and christian than you do to christina and he just brought that up and and he's like maybe that's because you know she, you know you're upset with her at school you know stuff and i totally disagree with him and you know i went to bed the next morning i woke up and i was showering and god showed me that because she was not doing well in school I have been showing less affection. Well, that just broke me. It broke me to bits. Mm. And I went upstairs and, you know, I asked her to forgive me. I'll never do that again. And so on and so forth. And this is the problem he had an issue with because, you know, once we reconciled, um, she got much better because I was much better um, in the way I helped her with their homework and things like that. And I said, like, you know, like a few months later, she took a math test and, you know, it's not, I said something to the effect of like, you know, I don't want to brag, but she got like a 98 and uh, I sh and this is the air issue he had with the with the sermon. He was just saying like you're making it all about performance, you know. And I I, I hoped you know and I and I explained in my email to him. I actually wrote back to him and I said that wasn't the point. And I think you know that like the point was really that I realized how much my emotional unhealthiness was actually impacting her ability to do uh, her ability to do well in school. It wasn't about her performance necessarily, but it was, you know, but it was about, you know, just my, how much I've, I've really hindered her growth in school because of my emotional unhealthiness. And then at the end, and maybe, maybe I should be more tactful about it, but I, you know, and then I said towards the end of, of that story, I said, you know, like if I can change, anyone can change if you really rely upon God. And here are the three things that I talked about. And I said, you know, and my daughter did graduate from college and she graduated summa cum laude. And he had an issue with that as well. And part of it is that I think he has a child with special needs. I mean, I don't know if you caught that, Sua, yes, in there, because yes. he said his kid will never, ever, no matter what, you know, no matter what, ever get to a place where they're ever going to do well in school. And so I definitely empathize with that, you know, because I, you know, I had a sister with a learning disability. I have an autistic nephew, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm very sensitive to that stuff. And that's why I was very open to hearing what he had to say, because with a parent who struggles with a child with special needs, that, you know, I, I, I don't want to come off where, you know, the way he probably, because in his struggle with the realities of that, he probably just thought I'm making it all about academic performance, which I really wasn't, but I understand. And I'm like, okay, now I know how I can, I can do better with that going forward. So that's kind of the, the backdrop of yeah. what the email was about it was really about the last story and how that rubbed him the wrong way, because he felt like I made it more about academic performance than about anything else. And I don't really agree with him on that, but I can't understand why he would think that, especially if he's struggling with a, with his own child in that area. I can see why that would bother him. So I, I understood. And, and now I have to realize there are people in the audience that are struggling with this in real time. 
you know, whether the kid has special needs or not. And I just have to be a, a more sensitive about it as I share it. And what I forgot to share is what I should have shared was that part of the reason why is because I felt like it was a reflection of me mm -hmm. that she mm -hmm. did bad in school because mm -hmm. I'm not smart. You know, because my father used to hit me. He used to say that real derogatory Korean yeah. word, you know, I mean, you know, like I mean, stupid, but it's it's a much harsher word to me. So I just always grew up thinking that I was that. And so when she was struggling in school, it just reminded me that I am that, you know, and that's why I put so much pressure on her. And I remember I forgot to mention that in the story. And I should have said now I, I should definitely. So I think that might have helped, too. But anyway, it just helped me to kind of think it through. But Man, like nobody likes receiving it. And you're right. He did kind of come off a little strong in the email. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that was I just thought, well, you know, I mean, you know, just he's probably his personality. Just, you know, he's in that place, you know, within that. And um, yeah, you know, doesn't, you know, probably doesn't understand a couple of things about etiquette and stuff like that. But I think he just wanted to be very honest and he, he would rather be clear in his message than worried about, oh, I hope he doesn't get hurt by this. You know, because I think but in the message he kind of felt, oh, yeah, this guy's emotionally healthy. I'm going to just be honest with him about it. So, yeah. But here's, I feel like, maybe not to like transition into the other side, but kind of bring it a little bit. Um, I think that there's, I think there's a way to get your point across, like without I'm trying to like word this in a, okay, so let's go back to when I initially read the email, like I already didn't like it. So like literally yeah. reading like the first two, it was a long email. Reading the first long two email. paragraphs of it, I was already like, I don't like the tone of this email. Um, And mm. I was getting kind of like annoyed, but remember like it's not even directed at me. So I'm kind of like, I think there were a couple of components, like really like he's a guest speaker and you felt the need to send yeah, a constructive yeah. criticism like that already yeah. kind of to me. And again, I know I'm a little bit biased. I really, really think very, very long and hard before I send any negative. I think very shortly when I send a positive affirmation for like a preaching, but I think very long before I send yeah, any negative yeah. critique. And the reason yeah. why is also because I've been on staff. So I know the receiving end of that kind of email. And so yeah, I yeah. am very, and so in a way I'm almost hypersensitive to sending that mm, kind of email. Mm. So I get it. Like that's not the average person. Um, however, um, to me, it was, it was almost like a little bit of a shame because I actually think the point of the email is pretty good. Like, I think, mm -hmm. like you said, I think he made a very excellent point. Yeah, I just think the delivery of it could have been better yeah. because yeah. um and and i guess my point is sometimes there's a much better way to get your point across and it would have been a real shame if you had not gone through the whole ehs transition and been 20 years ago receiving this email i think the point of the email would have completely fallen flat i don't think that yeah. that email would have actually yeah. made any yeah. difference in the way you think yeah. about it because of the way the email was written um yeah yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. the point, uh, the actual point that he was trying to make, um, and I was saying this to John, because I was like, John, what do you think about this point? Because I was trying to like get his perspective. Mm -hmm. And even he was like, yeah, I get what his point is. And you're right. Like it's because, and you know what? It's not even just like the special needs, even though, yes, we have to be very sensitive to that. And um, I think it's also because we live in a world that is so performance driven. And you also yeah. speak to a demographic that's usually kind of like an upper middle class bracket where and a lot of like Asian yeah. people like they're so invested in academic performance that when you preach and say at as the landing story oh and my daughter got a 98 oh and my daughter graduated summa cum laude like it almost even if that's not your intention the demographic will want that to be your goal like do you know what I'm saying like because yeah. we already yeah. want to know how can I like our minds are already so revolving yeah. around how can we get our kids to succeed academically that when you tell a story like that and you landed with she graduated summa cum laude we're like oh there it is so if we just do EHS our kids will also graduate yeah. like even if that's not your intention we have to be sensitive to the fact that that's what we're looking for right and so yeah. I think yeah. him being a dad of I think a special needs child where he said in his email, very, I think very honestly, like that will never be a reality for us. Like no matter mm -hmm. how many hours I sit with my child and in an emotionally healthy way, try my best to support them. My child will never graduate. Summa cum laude. Yes. Like yes. that will never happen for us. Um, yes. I think that was really kind of the thing that I think 
for me, salvaged the entire email because yeah. he finally was kind of like honest and vulnerable about where his intentions were coming from. Um, and I think probably, I'm guessing that will inform the way you, because you will probably preach some variation of that in the future, right? Yeah, you, no, for sure. I think I th So like, I'm very grateful yeah. for that. I, you know, so, you know, I, I agree with you, Sue. Like, if I'm just going to be very honest, I felt like, man, this guy, like, um, when I first read it, I read it a few times. And when I first read it, I was like, okay, you know, like, I get it. And I think naturally, our natural tendency is to not even really look at the heart of the, what he's trying to say, the message, because we were so, sometimes a lot of us were so concerned about how he said it. And so I think this is the thing, whenever you receive feedback, sometimes it's, it's hard. It takes a lot of work, but you got to try to listen to the song beneath the words. Like kind of like, what is he really trying to yeah. say here? Yeah. Because this guy could have a very low EQ. You know, he might never have been able to really connect well with people emotionally. So he doesn't know the proper, uh, proper social etiquette. So I think sometimes, even if you're a pastor, if you're not a pastor, when you see with feedback, sometimes we get so consumed by how it's shared or the tone or how they wrote it. And that's natural because especially for somebody like me who's a high feeler, that's a natural feeling. that I, That's why I didn't respond to him for like a few days because I just had to kind of Which feel is so that. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to feel it. I had to kind of feel whatever I felt and be raw with my emotions. And then once I gave that it's due, then I was able to settle down and read it a couple more times. And then I got the heart of his message. And I felt bad because if he does have a child with special needs, I can see how that would really, you know, like hurt him. And uh, and how he would not even really pay attention. And I don't blame him how he would not even pay attention to some of the things that I was trying to say within that story but how that really hurt him because that stuck out to him the most because his child will never get to that place. And so at that point, I had a lot more empathy for him and compassion and I was able to really understand the gist of what he was saying. And so, yeah. And so that's how I, I responded very positively. He never wrote back to me. I guess he was fine with it, but he never wrote back to me after I sent him my email and I just really thanked him for that. And he really helped me. And I, you know, I just said to him, listen, I, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I hope, you know, my, my intention was to let people know that it was my emotional unhealthiness that was prohibiting my daughter from achieving or, or just doing what she was capable of doing. And so that was really the gist of it. And, you know, but I, I told him, I saw how you could, you could have gotten it this way. And so you've helped me to kind of make sure that when I share the story ever again in the future, that I know how to like, you know, I know how to set it up in a way where if somebody does have a child with special needs or struggling, um, I can be very sensitive to that. So I really thanked him for that, for it. But I tell you, the first few days, I was again, I was all in my defensive mode, Sue. Like, it's amazing how your mind works mm -hmm. and how you start getting into the defensive mode. I'm thinking, like, this guy is a white dude trying to like put me an Asian, an ethnic minority down. Like, your mind <laughs> the just goes race everywhere. stuff starts coming out. It's like every you start thinking about all these things, you know, stuff like that. And like, you know, he doesn't understand. Like, of course, like a white guy would be able to like share whatever he's feeling. He doesn't understand, like, you know, like. Like, does he ever think about like we're ethnic minorities here and like we've always lived our lives in this country where a white man has always used their authority to kind of share like your mind just goes everywhere. Yeah. And after you just kind of settle down, you bring it before the Lord and then you can just really re read it with an open heart. And when, when you can do that, and that's what I would encourage people. Like if you see receive feedback, my encouragement to you is don't respond right away, especially if it's like through an email. Yeah. But even if somebody shares yeah. it with you, just say, hey, you know what? Can I just think about that for a moment? Like, can I just. I need to dwell upon that. I really appreciate you sharing it. And maybe can I get back to you, you know, um, and process it. Give yourself yeah. some time to process it. Process it with some other people if you need to, right? Just kind of processing it. But the thing that you need to be careful of, and this is why I think emotional health and spirituality is so important. If we are insecure as a person, um, we will naturally demonize people. We would naturally see them like they're attacking me. We naturally see ourselves as a victim. And that's very dangerous because feedback can be one of the most helpful things to help mm -hmm. you to get better, right? And so as pastors, as Christians, as people, I think it's really important that you try to listen to the song beneath the words of what they're saying to you. Like what is their real intentions and what they're trying to say? But I've noticed over the years, and I've worked with so many different pastors on staff, out of staff, but it's like the moment they sense a level of like disrespect or like somebody saying something, like they just cannot see this person as a child of God anymore. Like this person is like an enemy. This person is like, you know, the worst person that's trying to hurt me and attack me. So now I have to fight back. And it's like, no, 
you don't got to prove yourself. We're human. I make mistakes, you know? And so this is an opportunity to learn. How can I use this as an opportunity to learn and grow rather than like try to prove this guy wrong, right? Because our natural yeah. Yeah. response is, I got to get even now. Let me say some things to hurt him. Like you should have used a better tone, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's not about that. And I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. That was not his desire. And his desire was really to help me, right? Because he wanted me to be sensitive. And for that, I'm very thankful for it. And I just thought this would be good because how we receive feedback would really determine if we can actually learn from it or not. Because if we if we just focus on what they're saying or their tone or their voice, things like that, and we're not really trying to hear what they're trying to say to us, then we're going to miss it. And most people miss it because they're such, they just can't get past how they feel about the tone or things like that. And I just think that's the, the danger behind it and that we have to be willing to just be open and be open-minded about it. So I, that, um can I yeah. tell you something kind of funny? Maybe I shouldn't yeah. say this. Um, Asua, I just want to say thank you for having my back. No, I, I got very annoyed. I was You're like, my girl. The, the thank heck? you for having my back um, on that one. Yeah, I was pretty like, what the heck? Um, I literally stopped reading in the middle because like, I don't want to read this right now. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the way he started the email. I was like, heck, man. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. just idea of like, you really felt the need to write and entire discourse of critique for a guy who spoke to your church like one time like i don't know there yeah. was like a lot of things that i was like dude like he's you're not gonna see like he's not he's not yeah. your regular pastor like why does this bother you so much but then when yeah. i read yeah. towards the end i was like okay this is because yeah. it's personal yeah. so like i got it yes um yes. Yes. i will say yes. something kind of funny like my friend jen was visiting me a couple weeks ago and i was telling we were talking about you because we talk about you a lot by the way i heard you ran into her at costco mm -hmm. um so, uh, so, so we were yeah Who so we girl? were on the planet. Yeah. So we were talking about you and I said yeah. something to Jen. Okay, don't be mad. But I was like saying to Jen, I was like, you know, there's something really interesting about PP. I was like, there is a very specific way that like you have to talk to him. And then she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, no, I was like, <laughs> if you have, I was like, if you have bad news to tell him or like you have some kind of like not great thing to tell him, I was like, PP is all about like, the emotion and the tone. So I was like, mm. so I told her, I was like, if I know I have to tell him something that's like not going to be pleasant, I have to disarm him before yeah. I tell him what I'm going to say. Because if I go in there with the tone of like being mad or like annoyed, he immediately reacts to the tone and shuts down. And so then whatever you have to say afterwards doesn't get through. So like mm. PP is such a feeler that you have to like disarm I, I him agree. before Man, you tell you him the content. so well, girl. No, but that, but, yeah. but I thought that was really funny because of what you're saying. But the, my second point is this is a pastor in his like mature, like ministry years, having gone through years and years of like therapy and emotional health awareness and like, um, growth and you still get an email like this and it still bothers you. And I feel like there's something there to be acknowledged that I don't think we ever get to a point where Never. this kind of critique, like Never. I don't want people to feel discouraged that when they get yeah. this kind of critique, yeah. they're all like, they're like crushed. Cause they're like, when will I stop? I don't think it ever no. stops crushing us. And no, I think part of that not. is because, you know, in fact, I think if it stops crushing us, maybe yeah. you should think about what are you actually preaching on Sunday? Because the difference that I see between pastors um, who preach on Sunday yeah. and like somebody giving a corporate presentation is there's a lot of like heart and soul that goes into somebody's sermon. It's right. not just like some kind of like logistics or like, you know, um, number crunching. Like this is like a person's real lived life. This is like yeah. their real um, dirt and grit. And I yeah. kind of yeah. feel like sharing that in public is such a vulnerable experience that if somebody gives you a negative critique about it, it should hurt a little bit because yeah. it should be personal because then you know, Absolutely. And, and I think if it's not hurting you, then maybe what are you doing on Sunday? Like, I know this is like kind of spinning mm -hmm. it in a different way, but I think it should hurt because it's so personal <laughs> to you, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So hopefully like, um, so, but I think the thing that is so wise that you did is not that you, I think the sign for me as an outsider of your maturity and handling this is not that you didn't feel discouraged or you didn't feel emotions it's the fact that you knew how to cope with it so you didn't immediately blast off this let me blow my fingers and write this angry email like yeah. you know like you were like you know what like let me so take like that. a couple of days 
yeah, like, yeah. here we go. You know, or you could have <laughs> like so texted me and be like, yo, can you write me a response to this that's scathing? And I would have been like, yes, I got you. No, but like, <laughs> no, or, well, chat GPT can do that for, you know, oh, chat that's GPT right. That's can, right. Um, set the tone that you want the email to sound in. But anyways, I think the wisdom here is that you literally mm. were like, I don't want to be my worst self when I email this. Yep. And I am yep. self-aware yep. enough to know that I might be missing something. So I'm going to take yeah. a couple of days and do this. And yeah. I think that yeah. therein lies like the maturity yeah. and wisdom, you know? And, and I think it's really like, so you really hit it. And this is why this is good. This is why I want to talk about this because, you know, it has to bother you. If it doesn't bother you, if yeah. you're like, oh, this is so great. Like, well, it has to, like as a pastor, yeah. when you get a feedback about your sermon, it has to bother you. And one of the negative things I, I thought about during that time when I first got the email is like, is he insinuating that I'm a bad dad? Like, is mm. he insinuating that I'm a bad father? Mm. That I'm just care I just care about my daughter's performance yeah. from school. Because yeah. I could care, like, you know, you could tell Christina would tell me, she will say, Oh, my dad was never about yeah. grades, like growing yeah. up. He just said, just do your best, you know? So I was like, Man, this is this guy insinuating that I'm a bad father, you know, kind of a thing. So I think like it's really important to to do like, you know, I call you know, I've done this, I've said this before in the podcast, emotional inventory. Mm -hmm. Like you just gotta be raw with how you feel about it. Like, and then before God, like not just by yourself. Because if you do it by yourself, like just kind of like, oh, you're not bringing it to the God, then it, you could really like you know, think of like bad things can happen, but you bring it before the Lord and you really just kind of pour your heart out to God and through yeah. it and how you feel about it. And you're very honest about it with God. And then he just really helps you to really see a different perspective. And that's kind of how it always happens. But I never, ever look forward to emails like that. I never look forward to, you know, having people share, you know, different things. And, you know, Sue, you know, the prison ministry, right? Yes. The prison ministry. And you know how amazing it is there. Yes. And, uh, you know, and stuff. And I remember um, there was a sermon, like they had like a three day revival at this prison ministry. And, um, uh, you know, like typically I think when they, you know, they want like a revival, like they want like a real big spiritual charge. And I'm not really like, like, that's not my thing. My thing yes. is more about just sharing. Yeah. And so I went and I preached a sermon. I figure what I, I, I honestly, I don't remember what I preached, but I talked a lot about just, you know, like just my own brokenness, how I grew up and stuff like that. And um, I thought it went well. And just, that's just me. But one guy came up to me and he said, you know, your sermon was really inappropriate today. And I was like, oh, I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, you know, this is a revival meeting that we're having. You know, we want to be spiritually charged. Mm. And he just said, you know, like you're making us feel sad here, mm. you know, and stuff like that. And I remember when he said that, I was just like, whoa, you know, and I remember I went to the pastor and I said, you know, uh, Pastor Aiken, like, what do you think? Do you think the sermon was off? Like, just be honest with me, you know, and, and and he was very nice. And he was just like, no, 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 it was great. Don't worry about it. You know, I thought it was really appropriate in what you did. And, you know, it's OK to have different tones and stuff and uh, and, and everything. But then, you know, I thought about it and I thought, yeah, you know what? Like, I have to be a little bit more open and like being mindful of my audience, always asking those questions, you know, like. Yeah, like maybe like if it's a revival, I got to do something to spiritually charge people up, you know, kind of a thing. So, you know, like you get these feedback from mm -hmm. time to time. Yeah. It never feels good. It hurts, you know, and you're thinking like, OK, because you put your heart out there. And sometimes you have to realize and, and, and just and think again and, and just say, OK, well, these are opportunities for me to grow. But also, I feel like those are invitations from God where like he was sharpened my character, you know, and stuff because I could just you know, go AWOL and just be all upset and stuff like that. But I'm, you know, I just try to take a step back and though I might, I might be hurt by what he said, it doesn't destroy me because I don't find my identity in speaking. So at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm able to take a step back and really think that through and say, okay, well, let me really try to hear what he's saying here. Uh, maybe he's got a lot of unresolved emotions that he was not able to work through and he just wanted to be spiritually charged. And for him, maybe it was a reminder that he had a long way to grow. And that was probably not the right time for him. So anyway, yeah, but I just I'll just tell the pastor who might be receiving or anyone who receives feedback. Um, it's never fun. You're never going to enjoy it. But it's very necessary. And uh, as long as it helps you become a better person at the end or in, and in my case, a better speaker, a better preacher, a better communicator, um, it will always in some capacity will help me in, in that way. And so for that. You know, I can look at it now and say I'm grateful for that email and grateful that he was willing to write that for me. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, though, there's also cases in which you get these kinds of critique emails and you kind of have to be like, mm, I've waited three days, but I don't I don't think this is it. And you just kind of forget about it. Like, I feel like there's also I don't think ever, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but 
you can't take every email to heart. Like I feel like there sure. are going to be some emails sure. that you you give it it's due like due diligence, but you yeah. really after thinking about it and you're like, no, I really don't think this one is right. Yeah. And then you have to yeah. have the ability to just dismiss it um, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's as a pastor and you know what, it's not just pastors, it's people in general. Like, I think we have to have the ability to be discerning about what is something yeah. that is beneficial to us and what is something yeah. that, because there's so much noise too. Right. Yeah. And people have the ability and right to tell us what they want, but mm. it doesn't mean we have to listen. Like we have to be very discerning about who we are actually going to listen to and what we're going to actually yeah. um in, like invest in trying to be better in i don't know if that works yeah. so um how do you decide that like do you have a way that you know okay you know like for example this email even though initially it did trigger some kind of defensive you know things in the end it landed where you were like you know what i do think at the end of the day he he brings a meaningful point and so yes. i will be mindful of this the next time i yes. preach but yeah. How do you know when there's certain emails that you're like, I don't even think this is really worth thinking much through, you know? Like, yeah, have you, you know, ever luckily, had an email? Uh, yeah, no? No, luckily, Sue, I've never had an email like that as far as I can remember. And you know how bad my memory is. So maybe I'll remember like, <laughs> oh, I do remember an email. <laughs> but I don't remember because usually I'll remember stuff like that. Um, yeah. they're not. I don't remember a lot of things, but things like that I would remember. I don't remember ever receiving an email where uh, somebody really criticized and I felt like what they said was really off. On that, um, oh, really? About it. Wow. Yeah, like there was really off. So I, w I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Um, so yeah, you know, but I think, um, well, actually, no, I mean, this week, it, it was interesting this week, um, there was somebody who wrote in the comment section for our service on Sunday. Um, sermon is too long, you know, too many stories, like hurry up, you know, the story, <laughs> the sermon is too long and stuff. And so I kind of know who that person is who probably wrote it, you know, and stuff. But uh, but yeah, and then I looked at my sermon. I'm like, wait a minute, it's like 37 minutes long. It's not that long. It's like usually I could preach much longer than that. But anyway, yeah. So you know, I think like in a moment like that, it's just the person's probably just frustrated. The person's not in a good place, and they just want to get out of church, and they're just there maybe for their kids. Who knows, you know? And so they just like they want to get out of there. They don't want to sit in there and listen all the time. So you know, I think things like that, I I kind of take with a grain of salt. But uh, but yeah, but I just think you know, as pastors, it's part of. Unfortunately, what happens is part of the job. People will give feedback. Some people will be very bold about it, but you just have to, you know, you just have to be true to who you are and be convicted in the message that God gives to you. And you're not preaching to receive applause from people. You're 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 tasked by trying to preach the word of God so that people can repent and grow in their relationship with God. And so, yeah. And so I think like sometimes with pastors, a hundred people can come up and say they really love the sermon, but all it takes is one person that says they don't. And all we think about is the one person That's that says they don't like nature, the sermon. Though. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, you know, like take a step back and, and do it. And, and, and just, yeah. And then I think like there are times on Sundays where I know like, man, I was like, I don't think I did a great job preaching the Sunday and I'll kind of go home in my car. But, you know, I always say this, I said, but God, I try my best. Like I did my best, God, and I'm sorry that maybe it didn't go the way I'd hope it would go, but I did my best, and uh, and that's it. Because I'm not doing this for the applause or the the affirmations of people, but I'm doing this because you called me to do it. And if I didn't do it the way you really wanted me to do, like I, but I just I can always say, but God, I really tried my best. I mean, I spent a lot of time in the text, I spent a lot of time working on it. I preached it to my staff before I preached on it, and so I just like God, I tried my best, and that's and I know at the end that's all you asked for. You just asked me to give it like my all and that's it. And the results is up to him at that time, you know, at the end of the day. So any event. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's uh, I think uh, for any pastor, any person, feedback is never fun. It's never pleasant. Um, but yet it's 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 really important. It's really important, I think, for us to grow in our character and just grow as a person. So I don't know where I would be today in my life if I didn't get the proper if I didn't get the right kind of feedback um, that people know, have given to I me. I feel like years. not to sound like a broken record, but I feel like you're skipping not, not that you're skipping over. I think you're, um, we're operating under the assumption that everybody understands this. But um, again, it's really difficult to, I think, not identify as a job without like the essence of knowing who we are. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to talk now. And that's why EHS is so important because like you need to be self-aware and you need to know that your identity is finally being a child of God. Like if that's really there and that's solid, then yeah, then you'll be then you'll be okay. But if it's not, then yeah, those feedback could kill you. Yeah, could kill you.
I agree. Yeah. So, but anyway, Pasua, I have I have good news though. I didn't share this, and I should share What's it towards news? the end of our podcast. Really good news. Uh, so when I was in Korea, um, I finally got signed by a publisher. A publisher is offering <laughs> me a book deal. And Wait, hold on. It's in been, Korea, or like it happened while you were in Korea? It, it happened while I was in Korea. So I have a book agent. Um, I had to get a book agent oh because God, I don't. This is the I best news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't share it with you. I should have shared it at the beginning of the podcast. But um, you know, I I had to get an agent. Uh, it was first of all, it was hard to find an agent. Uh, because you know, I don't have a huge, I don't have a social media following. I don't, I don't do much. Like if you, you listen, I, you know, I don't I'm do just much. Be honest, you and media. I stink at social media. And publishing Stink. companies nowadays, they will not publish you unless you have a real strong social media following. Yeah, I that shows them that you have that. Yep. you have purchase power, right? Yep. You have purchase people will buy, you know, and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it was hard, and I realized I needed an agent who knew publishing companies who believed in me. And I found a really good agent, and he's been working, I would say, for about eight months with publishing companies, eight nine months. And with all of them, and finally, uh, Rowan and Littlefield Publishing Company said yes. And they're mo mostly like a, like a scholarly, you know, like book. They do a lot of like, you know, uh, university type press books. But uh, they have an arm of, of Christian living that they really want to grow. And so that is a publishing company. And I'm really grateful oh about gosh, it. You're going to be a published author? So, so Sua, I got to write this book in six months. They wanted me to write it in like four. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, guys, like, I mean, you, you have crazy. the outline done, right? So I do. I have the yeah. outline done. But again, like, you know, like you read my dissertation, Sua. No one's going to read. It's yeah, but analytical. you also get a professional editor now who's going to edit so your stuff that's, for you. So that's it. So yeah. we're meeting next week and I'm going to be talking to them and just saying like, hey, I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it chapter by chapter. I'm not going to send you the whole manuscript because I think that'll be too much for me to work on edits. I'll send you chapter by chapter work on it. But I got six months to write it now. So if I didn't have like a big chunk of it already kind of done yeah, through dissertation, there's no way I would have uh, been able to do it. So yeah, it's going to be called Week Church. I think it's called like the tagline is Wait, I, thought, but... I thought it was going to be like Weekology or something no, so like that. I, I kind of pushed to not do okay, that. Okay, okay. And I think the heart of it is weak, weak church, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, who knows if it, if it does well and, you know, people mm -hmm. buy it and stuff, then maybe I could do something called weak spirituality, weak leadership and things like that. So we'll use that week where like, you know, like we use on our podcast. So I'm excited about it. I got to write it, you know, and I hope, uh, I hope once it gets, once I'm finished with it, then, uh, you know, hopefully people will actually oh, find gosh. it beneficial. I better for get them, an so. advanced copy. Heck yeah, you will. Yeah. Absolutely, girl. Very Absolutely. Exciting. You'll get a way advanced. Man, I'll just give you my manuscript and then I'll give you advanced copies. So it's anyway, an but yeah, oh gosh, but I'm I can't really, believe really, it. Really like happy. I'm literally trying to imagine like you your name is gonna be on an actual book. This is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna it's a big deal. It's a big Very deal. Exciting. So I'm really happy about that. And now I gotta let's send a copy get, to all of your teachers it. in high school. <laughs> be like, yeah, you didn't think I would ever write a book, did you? Here Let's you send go, it to Sunny Toscalo. Anyway. Be like, I'm a published author now, Sunny. Oh, I, I, I don't even know where she is. I can't Just find kidding. her. I Just Remember, kidding, Jenny. I, I got your back. I Just kidding. If I know Sunny Toscalo, but anyway, yeah, but that's really it. But that, I forgot to share that happy <laughs> that news is, with you. At that the is, beginning I can't of the believe podcast. I'm like, my gosh, seriously, you forgot about it? My gosh. So, so I'm asking. I'm asking the audience, I'm asking you, Sua, to please pray for me. Because, Sua, you know, like, I'm not a natural writer. So just please pray for me that for the next six months that God would just give me deep, deep inspiration and discipline so that I can get this thing done and uh, and I can get it off to them. Because I think so I think excited. their target is to have it released in summer of 2025. That's their Oh, their my God. That's thing. so soon. I know. I know. Oh, so my it's like gosh. A, a year, a little that's over a year next away. summer. So we'll see what oh happens. So we'll see Lord. what happens. So I hope the cover is just it. a giant picture of your face. No, no, no. It's going <laughs> to probably be like a, I, I don't know. My oh face my is gosh. big enough. So please yeah, don't do chat GPT to write your book. Okay. No, no, I can never do that. I'll have it maybe edit some stuff before I send <laughs> oh it. Cause gosh. I won't bother you anymore. I'll just say, check the grammar. Boom. <laughs> you know, kind of a thing, but that's it. But yeah. But anyway, oh my gosh. yeah. So listen, so uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Or uh, even though you have COVID, um, I wait. No, I have one, one final thing. I have one final thing. What? As people right, who go. are not pastors, um, yes. If you hear a sermon and it's in any way positive, highly encourage to shoot the pastor a text or email and just say, "Love the sermon today." I feel like mm -hmm. you know what? Like sometimes we go home and we're like, "Oh, that sermon was good," but I don't think we ever actually voice it. But I mm -hmm. think there's a lot more 
negativity. It's like the Yelp reviews. There's usually a lot more negative things. I feel like if 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 you hear a sermon and it really moves yeah. you, just shoot them an email really quickly and just say you appreciated it or like you liked it or what moved you because I think it goes a long way and it's really easy for us to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. What if what what if the sermon bothered you and it wasn't good? What would you recommend there? Um, so I have a couple times emailed pastors and one of those emails right. ended up in me leaving the church. So I, it, I really think very carefully about these things. Yeah. I give it about a week before okay. I send it. That's really um, smart. Because smart. if it really, really is bothering me and I'm praying yeah. about it and I can't let it go and it's affecting the way yeah. I, and, and to be honest, if it was a guest speaker, unless it was something really, really, yeah. really horrible, like straight up racist or, or like theologically heretical, yeah. I don't think yeah. I would say anything because right, that's right. not a person I'm going to have a relationship with or be in any kind of yeah. continuous um, relationship with. But if it's a pastor that is at the church that I'm attending or like person that I have to see on a regular mm -hmm. basis, I give it about a week, I pray about it. And if it's still yeah. really eating yeah. like away at my soul, yeah. then I will phrase yeah. a very gentle, humble, not attacking email to get my point across. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, guys, if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, uh, Sue and I would actually love to hear from you. You can email us. You can get all that information at wepastor.org. And uh, we're just grateful. If you can share on your social media, if this was helpful for you, we'd appreciate that as well. Get the word out. But we're so thankful that you joined us. We hope that you'll tune in next week for another new episode. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>